0: Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Baker, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane And I am Shane Bacon, joined by Max Homa. Max, we got a we had podcast breaking breaking news. Is that fair?
1: It's like yeah, it's like mini breaking news, <laughs> <laughs> a li- like a little bit of breaking news. Like we chipped news not quite broke it but <laughs> it's you know cracked a little bit
0: so share what share what's going down pga championship week
1: yeah um so bones the legend bones makai is uh caddying for me uh, i know he's been doing a couple stints here and there uh caddy for jt a bit caddy for matt fitzpatrick i think at last year's uh one of the majors maybe and uh he will be caddying for me uh, next week in Kiowa at the PGA Championship, um, it's actually a really funny story. <laughs> Joe, uh, you know, Joe qualified for the four ball and I had told him, uh, you know, he, he said that the Charles Schwab, I think, uh, was that week that he told or he told me, sorry, that the Charles Schwab was that week. I promised him, you know, if you if you qualify, like I'll either take the week off or um, or I'll just find somebody else like no big deal at all. And he's like, cool. And, of course, he goes out there and qualifies with my buddy Johnny, who's my old roommate, and, um, you know, super stoked, and everything's all good. And I think Solly was the first person from No Laying Up who texted me and was like, hey, you know, Joe's uh, tournament is the week of the PGA. What are you going to do? And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. It's the week of the Charles Schwab He told me. <laughs> and then, you know, Solly being much smarter than uh, all of us, and obviously especially now Joe was like no man it's not uh, so joe had seen the schedule and did not realize that the first two days were uh the the pj championship weekend so essentially if i were to miss the cut he could go with with no prep but um uh he was he was going to be gone uh that that next week so or actually no wait am i messing that up no no the first two weekends are this week right am I completely butchering this? Whatever. It doesn't matter. They overlap it's the Saturday, Sunday before, <laughs> whatever. So he, uh, that's what it is. It's the first two days are, um, are this weekend. And then if they made the cut, like, you know, he obviously wouldn't be able to, to come. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that bones was going to caddy at all. I think. So Joe and then Joe Scavrin. I'm imagining my Joe is a bit freaked out because I don't now don't have a caddy for a major, <laughs> which, you know, to anybody listening, that's not good. Uh, so but when he did come up and tell me, hey, you know, I I, I messed up, uh, he was like, don't worry, me and Skov already have a backup for you. Bones said he caddy. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, can we do this, you know, every week? Like, right. a... uh <laughs> And you always bring me news like this. No, I'm just playing. But super, super fortunate I've gotten to know Bones out at Whisper Rock in Arizona. Bones is one of, like, truly the nicest, greatest people I've ever been around. Um, not saying that Joe, I you know, I have the utmost respect for Joe's catting. And I, don't, I mean this in not a slight at all. So uh, please believe me when I say that. But it will be really cool to be around someone like bones who, you know, quote unquote is like, you know, a real caddy kind of, you know, I feel like Joe kind of has learned his way into this. Not that, that bones didn't, but bones has been doing this for, forever. He's been on the bag for, a, you know, a bunch of majors and major champions. And, and he's just kind of seen it all Ryder cups, president's cups, you know, he's just like probably one of the best minds in, in golf I would imagine. So it'll just be cool for, for me. And then even going forward for Joe's that to be able to kind of like share what what bones does that I'm sure we, we don't, uh, maybe some things we're lacking things we can tweak. So I think that's really exciting and it'll just be cool to hang with bones. Like I said, he's, he's a good dude. He's fun to be around. Um, you know, he, he is, He's somebody that I trust without even having done any of this before. So I'm really excited about that. Joel Damon completely screwed it up. I was going to announce it on here uh as a little like surprise. Um, Not that, you know, it's like, you know, like I said, it's not breaking news, but it's kind of cool. And then he went out there and tweeted about it uh today and then texted me later saying, man, I think I, I kind of <laughs> stole the thunder there. I said, no, it's all good. Like, you know, you don't need to ask. <laughs> Just go ahead, fire away. Uh, so, but no, it's cool. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It kind of is almost, not that I wouldn't have been excited, but it's almost even like a bigger jolt of excitement going into right. next week. It feels, it feels like something, I don't know, as a kid, like you, you know, kind of dream of those kinds of situations where bones or Stevie Williams or fluff or Pete, the people you see with like the tigers and the Phil Mickelson's of the world, you see them on TV all the time. You wonder what that must be like. So it'll be, it'll be a really cool experience.
0: Does it at all make you not nervous, but, do you, are you, I I mean, I know you're probably not going to get these feelings until you actually get to the event, you get on the tee on Thursday, but is there any feeling of, of kind of like, I need to show up a little bit for you because bones is such a legend in terms of caddying and being around the game and stuff.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. But I think what's actually going to help me there and and get me over that was, so when, when Joe first worked for me, you know, that was kind of his first time caddy, he caddied for chapel a little bit here and there, but really like I think only one or two events. And then once we split and he went with chap, uh, you know, they played amazing. They they had a bunch of runners up and, and, and finished were, was in the final group, a bunch one Valero played a president's cup. Like, you know, I think chap was probably like around 20th in the world. Right. And um, you know, they were just seeing all kinds of stuff. I had still never even seen myself. So when Joe ended up coming back on the bag, I remembered the first couple of weeks feeling very intimidated. Like, Anytime I felt like I, I didn't hit a shot pure, I felt like, you know, he was judging it based off of what he's seen. I mean, gosh, they not, not only Kevin Chapel getting to see top 20 player in the world, one of the best ball strikers, you know, I've, I've been around, but he's also with Jason day all the time and Dustin Johnson and Kisner all the time. And all of a sudden I felt like a, quite a bit of like unnecessary pressure and it was all self-imposed. And I remember kind of, I don't remember if I mentioned it to him, but I do, I, I think I brought it up and was like, man, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this. Like, it's kind of weird, but like, I feel like you've seen a lot of great golf and now all of a sudden you're with me and I feel like the need to, to play. And, you know, of course he was like kind of taken aback a little bit by that, if I remember right. And he was, you know, kind of like, yeah, dude, that's not really like (laughs) not everybody is just, you know, you can't just become a top 20 player in the world. You could be, you can be a top player 20 player in the world and be hundredth in the world. If you think about it, you know, you're going to grow into that. At some point, so you know that's kind of what I had to get over. So I think that'll help a little bit. I, I I feel way more comfortable nowadays uh, with my game. I know I know who I am, and I don't think I I need to go out there and, and prove the bones that I'm good. Right, <laughs> so right. I think I'll be over that. Plus, if you're trying to chase, you know, Phil Mickelson in, in a week's time, uh, a career of his in a week's time, I think <laughs> you're going to be uh you're going to come up short, even if you win by forty. So um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely like gives me a bit of butterflies thinking about that. But at the same time, you know, having, you know, my, my game mixed with, you know, his obviously experience and expertise, you know, that should be more exciting than, than intimidating, I guess.
0: It's a hell of a pip play, bro. I mean, this is probably going to be a story, maybe a couple, you know, you'll, you who is bones caddying for at the PGA. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, this isn't breaking the pip, but it's at least, you know, it's, again you're gonna get clicks this will get some seo
1: yeah I, like I, i've mentioned before i'm not exactly uh optimistic on this pip thing i've kind of <laughs> i've given up you gotta already I, I read a, read you can't already about, give oh, up. Yeah. i i i promise you i won't say it on here but i know some of the numbers and it's uh <laughs> uh i i saw the the top 10 from uh I guess last year they they had an article or whatever, and they put out the top 10 and Adam Scott was one of the 10. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen Adam Scott in anything other than the golf course. Uh, So I'm not so sure that my uh, little bit of a Twitter following and uh, my jokes will really carry me too far. Um, But uh, at the very least, it'll be fun content. We'll be able to talk about it on the podcast um, and hopefully come home with a, that, that is like the biggest trophy, ever and uh you know it'd be nice to try to find some space for that back at the house
0: i still remember when rory lifted it this in 14 and you know rory was that was like that was like peak rory jacked you know when he just was like ripped ripped up and i remember he took a breath before lifting the water maker and i kept thinking was it like 100 pounds like what does this thing weigh you know it just He was even Roy, if Rory's struggling to get it over his head, you know, it's probably not, uh, not the lightest of trophies, but yeah, I will say winning the PGA would help the situation in the, in the PIP world. It would, it would help a lot of situations. Not like you need a lot of help in 2021, but I I mean, you know, this is breaking news. A winning the PGA championship would definitely help in terms of, uh, of interest in and around the Max Homo world.
1: Yeah. The PIP is definitely, I'm starting to realize is, is more golf based than it is.
0: It's more uh, performance based uh, uh,
1: yeah it's more it, it should be the performance impact program um uh, but speaking of rory i want to talk about him uh obviously he won last week at wells fargo he freaking owns that place three times now he's won there um it's a cool year i know his you know struggle quote unquote hasn't been you know quite like jordan Spieth. but having him and speed like winning this year back in like the mega limelight if you will right has been great i think for golf and it's great for all of us to see i think just because it's exciting you know when 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 we get our our super superstars uh vibing like they have been but i i well i don't know what it is about rory there's nobody i feel like more aesthetically pleasing to watch play the game like you have someone like dustin who i think almost makes golf look mundane and right, basic exactly. when he's getting going. Rory still has that. There's something about the way he plays that there's still enough flair. In it's it emotional. It seems, yeah, it's emotional and, and he, he can make the game. Don't get me wrong. Look incredibly easy, but uh, I don't know what it is. There's something about it to my eye that is just more. It, it just really gets, you need all those characters, right? In golf, you need someone like Dustin, you need, someone like Rory, you need someone like Jordan who you know Jordan seems to have the it where the ball always wants to go in very similar to Justin Thomas you need somebody like a Brooks Kepka who who seems to be more of like the athlete competitive competitor than he is like the golfer so you need all those people so when we get all of them kind of popping it's really fun but I was curious your take you know I was thinking about first off everybody kind of saying oh Rory's out of his slump and like obviously the slump is super relative but Uh, It it was a bit of a, for, for him, it is shocking when he doesn't win on a yearly basis. I know golf is hard, but that's just like a really, it just seems like he lucks his way into a win and by luck, I mean like his game clicks for a week, you know, it should one week out of 52 a year where he'll, he'll dominate. He's that good. Uh, you look at Dustin, you know, having that rough summer, but then he comes out and just has a week where it just clicks and he shoots 30 under par. So it's just like those guys, you just need a little bit of a spark from week to week. So it's shocking when he does have a, a bit of a, a down, a downward, uh, year as far as not winning, but I was just curious, you know, we, we talked so much about him and he's obviously had, uh, you know, quite a few wins and a, and a, and a handful of majors, um, I, I, I'm curious your thoughts on where his legacy is going to be when, when all is said and done and you can kind of, you know, add in maybe some more wins if you think that he'll, he'll have them, but like where he kind of stacks up to you, because I do think he gets a ton of credit for the potential quote unquote, like one of my least favorite words, right. When you watch him hit, it's just, he is different. He is a different golfer. We do not see this. I don't know if we will uh, see more than, you know, another couple guys that play like him now some might win more but we don't i don't think we're going to see a ton of people who play like him uh very often so uh curious where you think he's his legacy kind of stacks up does he does he get you know kind of the the brunt of man he should have won more or does he get the brunt of you know man or the the good end of it where it's like you know four majors is a ton of majors maybe some more um you know obviously no masters might not help that but Curious your thoughts on Rory McIlroy.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. It's it's interesting you brought up Rory. We talked at length today on Golf Today about it. I actually was talking to Damon before we started the show, and I asked him, who is your favorite golfer to watch when he's playing his best? Like, who's the most fun when they're really locked in? And I think there's two answers, and that's it. And I think it's, it's Rory and Spieth. You know, Rory, because it's so majestic when he's locked in, and Spieth because it's the complete opposite of that. You know, I mean, I'm not, not to take away from Jordan speed's abilities, but I just feel like when Jordan speed shoot, shoots 65, it was like work to shoot 65. And, you know, Rory at times you're like, how do you not shoot 65 every time? I think Rory's legacy at this point is you haven't to your question. I think it's, you haven't won more. And, and I, I, I use this analogy on, on golf today. I said, you know, for Rory, it's like LeBron James, like you and I aren't texting each other. Hey, LeBron won Western conference player of the week. You know, like we don't bring that up with, LeBron. you know, we might bring it up with a player we follow or we like, but in terms of LeBron at this point, right, we're looking at MVPs and championships and for Rory, what he did so quickly actually hurts the way we look at him. You know, I mean, his success hurts him now because he won those majors so quickly, right? He wins he loses that Masters, he immediately wins the U.S. Open, blows everybody out of the water, blows everybody out of the water, the PGA, you know, wins that Open, wins another PGA. It's like he won these majors so quickly. It's been 23 majors, Max, since since he won a major. I mean, that's so crazy to think for him. Jack went 20, Tiger went 28 between major wins. You know, Rory's at 23, it'll be 24 when he tees it up at the PGA Championship. And for Rory, you know, again, I mean, you know, heavy lies the crown we look at the majors i i mean he could win he's won 2 FedEx cups right he could win three more FedEx cups and to me it doesn't necessarily change the way we look at rory the player because at this point when you get to where he's he's gotten i feel like it's majors and that's it and that does take away at times from the way he played this week i mean he played great at the wells fargo it's a golf course that he's obviously very comfortable on but it's like i kind of and i hate to be this way because i want to celebrate the good but for me, it's like, OK, but like, what are you going to do at this PGA? Because obviously you found something that works. Will it actually translate into the majors? Because it's just, you know, it's either been that opening round where he's taken three steps back and had a clause way back into the tournament, or he'll get there over the weekend and we see him not quite have the game to kind of get it done. So I think that at this point, if you polled golf fans, they would probably say we expected more from Roy, which, again, to your point is crazy, dude. He's won four majors. He's won all over the world. He's won a ton. I just think we expected maybe Rory was gonna be that that next guy that would win seven, eight, nine majors, which I mean, you know it. You're out there. Are we gonna have anybody do that? Like is everybody is is there gonna be a person that gets to eight majors in this era?
1: Yeah, I find that that that, that uh, interesting. And I kinda as as a golf fan, I feel the same way, but I also try to I've been trying to look at it uh in, in like a comparison and make sense of it because Dustin Johnson is uh someone who's won less majors. Right. Um he and, and but DJ's won more, you know, you know, PJ tour events and, and he's definitely probably had a bit more DJ's probably had the most consistent golf career I can think of of anybody ever. Like like maybe not Phil. Phil Phil's up there and and Jack Nicholas or whatever. But I would say uh in the last in my generation, maybe generation before he's, he's pretty darn close to the most consistent. He's, he wins nearly every year. He hasn't really ever had a down, like a, like a, a, a dry spell in golf. He's had like a month, but he hasn't had any, anything where you're like, where has Dustin Johnson been? However, he hasn't won really very many majors compared to, you know, even Rory and, and Brooks, you know, they and Jordan, kind right. of been racking them up a little bit better and Jordan. So um, now what's interesting is Rory's game gets picked apart. Like we talk about it, not we, you and I, but the media, golf media uh, talks about it all the time. You know, Rory's wedge game's not good enough. Maybe his putting's not good enough. Unless you ask Brad Faxon and maybe the worst putting list I've ever seen in my life. Like all, all <laughs> I of had, these, I things had that get for later apart. in the, in the episode. Okay. We can talk way. about that. I hated that list. <laughs> um, but we, we talk, you know, we, we, we pick them apart and Dustin doesn't really get picked apart at all, uh, with his game at all the wrong way, but not nearly like Rory. Like Absolutely. we don't talk about the things he needs to improve on. So it's so weird when you think about that because Rory's dominated majors for, for a couple of years. And I do think part of this is the tiger, uh, tigers kind of ruined major stuff for, for golfers. Like even you saying, is he going to get to seven, eight or nine majors? Yeah. He, I mean, you know, he, he, quote-unquote should have but winning those things is so hard the fact that Hideki just won his first major as someone who's been around him since we were in amateur golf right. is like shocking because he's just a machine and you look at Jordan who's only won three and I know he's young but you would think he'd have so many and Justin Thomas who is the only person I'd add to your list of the uh, uh you're in Damon's list of the two most exciting people I think Justin has that uh it factor, just the one that there's no it's not tangible, but there's just something about when he's playing really well that's just insanely fun to watch. Like I said, he he has the short game and the wedge game where the ball just likes to go in. His highlight reel is I think is, as steep as anybody's highlight reel. It just has everything you can imagine. It's very tiger esque. So but JT has one major and it's just like, you know, Brooks has been the only guy who seemed to be able to rattle him off. And uh and 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 he obviously seems to like as I mentioned before, he's the athlete of the golfers. He's the competitor. It seems like, like that's his persona. So it's like when the event gets the biggest, you know, the big, you know, the the the, the toughest, you know, strongest type of golfer comes out, and that's where Brooks kind of carries. You know, he wears the crown. So, but it's just so interesting looking at Rory, where a lot of people just say it's kind of incomplete, even though he's still so young but Dustin kind of like, you know, he, he, he doesn't get picked apart. And I don't think that either of them deserve to at all. They're both tremendous, but I just think that there's something funny about that majors talk that we always have that, you know, that, that we, that we expect the greatest golfers to have so many of them and they just, you know, getting over five majors is, is pretty insane. Right. The only thing I would say with Rory's that I, 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 as as someone trying to be rational would would be, like perplexed by is if he never won a masters because it just doesn't make sense. I would say that for the top, top, top guys, not for me, not for Joel, not for, you know, the guys who, who, um, you know, would be, I guess, a little bit more, uh, excited just to win a, a regular tour event, winning majors where that is, you know, how they kind of, I guess, weigh their careers. The masters has to be the easiest one to win, uh, because so many, guys are looking around just like happy to be there in a way still competing. But I mean, your eyes get really big when you show up and, you know, someone like a Rory, I I know he's got the nerves and and, and all the the pressure, but he he's past the point of how we feel where it's just like getting to Augusta is such a like triumph and it's a small field and then top that off with the golf course fits him off the tee and ball striking wise, like to it, like as perfectly as you can fit somebody, I would imagine. Like he has to feel like when he, to his eye, it has to look really good to his, his ball flight he's always had. So that would be the only one where I'd be like, man, that'd be weird. But winning a US Open, winning a PGA, winning a, an Open Championship, like that's, that's you know, that, that, I don't care how good you are. Like rattling those off is, is brutal. Like I said, Dustin Johnson has two. Right. Um, he is DJs, like I said, but probably the closest person to Tiger I can remember golf game wise. He doesn't have much like that that ever really falters in his golf game. He makes it look dumb easy, uh, most of the time, even on weeks he doesn't win. So I don't know. It's just such an interesting golf is such an interesting sport in that regard because like when I tell people if you're gonna go to a PJ tour event, the one thing I would always advise is, especially if it's your first time, is go watch Rory at least hit one drive or two drives or sit on the range and watch him with drivers because it is like mind boggling. Like it is the most amazing thing you'll ever watch in the game of golf. Um or at least that I've seen so far. So you look at somebody like that and then think, okay, well, now we're going to say that he hasn't won enough majors. And I mean, he's 32, I think. So like there's tons of time, but it is such an interesting, you know, uh, whenever people like Rory have these little like blips in, in their career, it always just makes me think of how hard the game is and how much we expect people to win because of probably tiger. Like tiger has, really ruin that for us. It feels like you shouldn't have to play that well to win because tiger could just kind of some days, like literally at the OA open us open, like limp his way to a, a major. But I just think that it's just like maybe even more of a credit to tiger and, and even more of a credit to the game of golf and the depth of professional golf of just how hard that is to do, where you need to be on anybody can kind of get you at any point. Um, you know, so what is it, Rory's won like 17 times. Well, uh, on, on tour worldwide or something like that I mean, right a ton but um you know tires 182 <laughs> like that's just like that's banana land so uh, i don't know I, I just brought it up because it, i've been thinking about it ever since rory won because like i said rory rory's the guy that like i've always just been fascinated by um you know his, his golf game is like as intriguing as it gets his ball striking is stupid um, and he just seems like a winner, but it, yeah, it's, it's all like the Jordan thing. Jordan came out and it was like stupid easy for a while for him. It just seemed like anytime he showed up, he was going to have a chance. And then he has like this two year fall where it's like, he's still playing. Okay. But it's obviously not like up to his standard, but his standard was built by him, like his own, his own play that we all watch. So it's like, well, how, you know, are we just seeing that golf is harder than, you know, then then than, than. than then we maybe gave it credit for, or is it that and golf is deeper or, or, or is it like, Oh man, he's really like fallen off. I don't know. It's always just an interesting topic uh, for me.
0: So I think that the may it's, it's funny. Cause at, you know, you were talking about the number, you know, I brought up seven or eight. Is anybody get a kid seven or eight? And so I was pulling up the list of major champions. So there's been, there've been 19 players that have won five majors or more. Okay. That's it. Right. If you take Jack out and Tiger out at 18 and 15, you've got Walter Hagen at eleven, so four back of Tiger, right? He finished playing golf in, I mean, he his winning span finished in 1929. You've got Hogan at nine, you've got Gary Player at nine, Tom Watson at eight, right? Who is a more, more modern player? You got, you know, Varden at seven, you know, his career finished in 1914. Bobby Jones finished in 1930. Sarah's in 35. Sam Sneed, 54, Arnie, 64, Trevino had six. But like when you go through the list, and especially when you get in the group at four and five, there are a lot of players, you know, 1800s, early 1900s on that list. There's not a lot of modern players that have actually done this. And I'm talking modern playing in their careers in the 80s. So when we look at this and we talk about Rory, and I've got to do this myself, at times, we need to remind ourselves how impressive four is, right? Because there's not many people that have won four. And to your point earlier about Tiger and Jack, for that matter, they've changed the way we think about majors, and and it's, it's actually the opposite, where they're the outlier, right? And winning two or three majors as a great player is more the norm.
1: Yeah, and I also think that what what kind of gets uh, overlooked in this majors talk is the four majors are really, really different. And I think the reason very, very, very few people have won the career grand slam is because of the four, you know, different requirements uh, you need to win and like win all four of them. So like, if you broke it down to one, each major that they're, they're drastically different. So I don't care how in golf I don't care how good you are there's golf courses that don't fit and there's styles of golf that don't fit very well again we're we're going to cut out the tigers and the jacks of the world because they could clearly do whatever they wanted with a golf ball but when you look at a, uh, you know uh, the the masters i would say i think that the biggest uh, you know if we're going to go with like your game is on you know firing in all cylinders For everybody, I think that the biggest issue with the masters, it is the most press. It is the most pressure. It is the most media attention. Like it is a lot on the extracurriculars outside of the game of golf. Um, Then you look at the U S open. I think the U S open is the biggest grind and it's like mentally draining on the golf course. It will just beat you up. And it's like, who can kind of be the most patient with their game? Again, we're going to assume everyone's kind of firing on all cylinders, but I'll, I'll add that you typically have to hit the ball. Really, really straight around a, a U.S. Open. I know it's changing a bit now, so that's why I lean on kind of the the patience, the grit, the all that. Then you go to the Open Championship, where golf is completely different. The ball's played on the ground. You get weeks where it is insanely windy, and you cannot hit the shot that. I mean, I'll just use Rory as the example. Rory hits the ball insanely high. You can't really play that shot for 72 holes and expect not to get bit. And then you go to the P.J. Championship, which is usually you know, a lot of people say it's like the 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 easiest setup of the majors, which again I like because in general that means it's it's asking another question. It's still crazy hard, but usually the PGA will set up where if you play well, and and you can go low, and if you don't, I guess the thing is people don't get to see enough. But like the PGA at Harding uh, Harding Park, like if you didn't play well, like I did, like you're just getting. Punished for four days. It's still harder than a normal PJ Tour event. It's firm. It's still like got all those things, but it does seem to uh, allow for low scores for the guys who are playing some phenomenal, phenomenal golf. So I think that asks four things. So four questions. So to win a bunch of majors, you got to think, man. Most people don't fit all four of those. I would say, like I said, maybe minus Tiger and 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 Jack. Like I don't think that you like many people fit all of those. So all of a sudden now it's just say you're cutting it down to half. You're like very, you know, uh, you know, astute at two of those things. Well, then you're only getting two of those chances a year to win the one that fits
0: you. Right. And
1: it's like, man, how hard is it then to accumulate eight? <laughs> you have to win, you have to win four of each, you know, you know, in a perfect world. And that's, that's, that's eight years, four years minimum to do that. And that would be if you won it each time for four years, which obviously typically would never happen. Brooks is, you know the first person i think and only person ever to win back to back US Opens and PGA's and that's in the history of the game back right. to like you mentioned like the 1800s so i just think that it's just it's undervalued how hard it is for your game to fit all these places and and i know the courses change but the test is usually quite similar and you know, you just look at a U.S. open, even when it is more open and it's a different golf course, the test is usually similar. You need to make a lot of pars and really avoid doubles. And it's like, well, do you fit that? Cause I think Rory's the only knock I'd ever have on Rory's game ever, like across the board uh, for his career is he seems to get like complacent at times. So you would think, man, winning us open would be quite difficult because you know, he'll, he's the guy who'll miss like a tap in, you know, and it's just like, Rory, what are you doing? But can't it's like, throw him away. It's, right. It's like, yeah we but we like we we look at that like you just shouldn't do that it's like dude not everybody's made of the same makeup like that you know some people struggle with that focusing for 72 holes is really really hard and it's like okay so he obviously has one u.s open now um he and he's won the pga and he's won uh the open but like if i'm if, I, if you're breaking it way down like the, that u.s open that year was soft and the the uh, or the, the one year. And then the, the PGA he won at Valhalla was a bit softer. And then the one he won at Kiowa was just, you know, insane golf on impossible golf course. Like that's, that's, that's one where I feel like that show that he can kind of do it anywhere, but you got to think like all the, all that stuff, the masters, the beauty of it, the reason maybe why he hasn't had as much, Success or uh, hasn't won there or won there multiple times or whatever, uh, which, like I said, I would have expected, is because this all like the more you don't win it as a great player, the harder it probably gets because you you must have to go through so much stuff, not only the week of but leading up to it of questions and, and anticipation and all that stuff. So winning majors is just it's just uh, it's just underrated hard because there's just, again, not very many opportunities. And then they they somehow all those forms of golf have to fit you. And they, I think they are drastically different. It's hard on TV to see it because you just see a golf course and you see great golfers. and You're like, well, that guy's got to fit this place. He's so good. It's like, (laughs) yeah, well, it just doesn't always work like that. That's why I guess Augusta is the easiest one to predict because we see the same course every year and you kind of know what you're getting into. But like, I mean, most guys don't know much about Kiowa coming up this next week. Like, you know, I I barely remember watching it on TV and, you know, I fortunately asked bones like what to work on, but it's like not a lot of people have a whole lot of experience there. It's not in a very uh, easy place to get to. Um, So I don't know. The the whole major thing is just like, it's just tiger made it look just way too freaking easy. Jack Nicholas has made it look way too easy. And I think everybody thinks if you're the best player, you should win on that golf course. And I just don't think that's the case because, I can use my own, like, career as, as an example, but I think I'm a very good golfer. But there's definitely a couple golf courses that I think I'm going to always play well on when my game is half decent. And then there's a couple golf courses where I think I'm going to need to play great just to have a half-decent week. And, like, that, that that's... that's I'm talking about all P.J. Torben. So I don't think it's just always, hey, what's your world ranking? How How good are you? Oh, you should play well here. Like, it just doesn't really... Work like that.
0: I have a question for you on Kiowa, and then I want to move on um, from Rory. But this is kind of Rory specific, and you know, as, as a PGA Tour player, I just love your thoughts on this because I brought this again up on on Golf Today. Is you know, I was just warning people because you know Rory's the favorite now at the PGA coming off the win and I, and I know you know betting odds and stuff are more about you know where people are placing their bets as much as it is about who actually they think might win the event but you know 2012 was a long time ago i wrote down a couple of things today um you know colin work was three years away from going to cal you know in 2012 i mean that's how long ago this was do we in the media like myself and and, and anybody writing and all that do we put too much emphasis on on the way people played at past events when there was only maybe one or two championships held there. Do we put too much emphasis on that? Like as somebody in this position like yourself, when you think back to a golf course you played well on six or seven years ago and you show up there again, it's not it's not like it instantaneously translates into good play again, right?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, this is a perfect time for this question because last week at Wells Fargo, of course, I love and I have played well uh, in the past. Um, like I showed up there and it was just like set up differently than the year I have won. The greens even have more grain and like it all, they were faster. So like so much of it is week to week based. Um, I think, uh, you know, for me, that's why the West coast is good because the weather is always quite similar each week. So it really feels like you're playing the same golf course each time. But you, know, we go to venues and like you go down, down, you know, a few year gap. I just think it's hard to say. Oh yeah, he's gonna love this place because right. I mean, what if the wind direction's the opposite? You know, like what? If, what if? What if the uh, the greens are soft and not firm? What if uh, you know he caught lightning in the bottle that week? I know that's a bad example for the PGA, uh, but like, there's just a lot that goes into it. So I don't think it's a bad question or a bad point because I don't think there's any other way to use comparison and 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 to to you know kind of prep that uh, with with. Uh, you know, a guess of who's going to play well, but it definitely just doesn't. I mean, the the your game has to also line. I think the hardest part about golf is the game has to line up. <laughs> like, right? You can't just go out there again. Tiger excluded. Like, you can't just go out there and like find it or piece it together every time. Like, you watch these guys. You know, Cantley was a great example at Augusta. I played with Pat on Monday, and then uh, and he played unreal for nine holes. Must have made like four or five birdies and then on uh tuesday apparently he made another five birdies and the next day he made another five birdies and these are all in nine holes he is playing the best golf in the world those 3 days like i i without even seeing everybody else that was the best player there and the first day he shot like seven or eight over your game needs to show up and there's no Patrick Canley is a well established player. There's no nerves that like changed everything. There's no nothing like the golf just didn't, you don't don't have it. Right. It wasn't there. Yeah. That's how I felt last week. I just wasn't there. Does it mean that it's not going to be there? If I got to play Saturday? No, it probably would have been there maybe Saturday, but like that's golf for you. You have to come out the gate going. And it's just like a lot of it's timing. So it's just so hard to, to yeah to hypothesize oh this guy's going to play well because he loved this place like uh you know a a few years ago it's like yeah well it might suit his eye and i think that's you know one thing you know the course will probably suit their that person's eye which is definitely one variable taken out because i have no idea if any of these holes are going to like look good to me (laughs) and and i won't know if i can how to play certain holes you know there's certain shots that you get comfy with hitting off certain tees or into greens that maybe he can like you people can like harken back on but you know at the same time it's like oh man like you know this hole always requires this low cut and that low cut just doesn't feel like it did that year that i played well here and it's like well now it's impossible
0: it's the practice round thing max i sometimes laugh about and i actually think and 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 correct me if i'm wrong here but i feel like pros play less practice rounds now i think there's a little bit more about conserving energy in in early parts of the week Is, is that close or no
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Okay. So, but you know, like you can go play a, like you specifically, and I've played a lot of golf with you. And you, like, I think the first time we played Phoenix Country Club, you made nine birdies. You know, you'd never seen the golf course before. You made nine birdies. Like your game showed up that day, right? You'd never seen it. You didn't know which way every hole was going to go until you got to the tee. And then you could go play a golf course that you play all the time and you don't have the game that day and you shoot 75, you know, and it's just that day the golf game wasn't there. The swing wasn't there. So, we look at these practice rounds. You look at the prep. You look at everything. Steph getting warmed up. You know he makes 200 threes in a row, and you're like, man, he's going to have a game. But you know it's maybe a little different when the game starts, or he's not making the shots like he was, or he misses his first two. It's just, it's everything changes. It's the whole tennis versus ice skating in terms of tournament golf versus not tournament golf. That brings me to uh, the the U.S. Open this year, and unfortunately, I'm not I'm not gonna not going to be in the field at the U.S. Open. Uh, my uh, my game showed up for nine holes in my qualifier this week, though Max.
1: I know I was looking forward to asking about this. So, so I, I didn't. Uh, I, I saw your score. You all, you kind of almost made it. I was pretty pumped for you because you know the last podcast we we talked about it. You you were not exactly uh, spewing with confidence. <laughs> so you clearly found a little something. And and I don't know how was the rush? Did you know? Have a feeling what you needed to shoot? Uh, you know, yeah. how, did, how did the the round kind of play
0: out? Yeah, I, fe- I felt. Uh, so U.S. Open local qualifying, uh, for people that don't know, I got through in 19. Uh, that was in Arizona. Uh, I shot three under there and got through on the number. I, I've heard and, and seen and looked up, you know, up here in the Northeast, you don't have to go as low in a lot of these qualifiers. And so my whole goal the whole day was to shoot under par. I said, if I shoot under par, I got a chance. You mentioned the confidence going into it. I kind of found some stuff. Like, I'd sent some videos to my instructor back in Arizona, Scott Sackett. I sent him a couple of videos throughout the weeks, Just like, you see anything, man? Like, I'm really lost. I was hit. Dude, I'm hitting my iron so shitty, Max, that, you know, you just don't have any birdie looks. Like, I played 18 holes uh, one round. I played 18 holes, didn't make a birdie uh, a couple of weeks ago. Then I played another round, didn't make a birdie. And it didn't feel like I was playing bad. It's just I wasn't hitting it close enough to make any birdies, you know? And, um... And I get on the first tee, and it just, it was fun, dude. Like, I haven't had that rush, that tournament rush in a long time, and I played fantastic outside of one hole, really. I I mean, I shot one, I shot two over, I shot 73, I needed 70, so I missed by three, but it kind of felt for a while like I was kind of gaming it, you know, where you're like, I know I don't have a lot right now, but, like, I got to put something together. Um, I, I, uh, I got a couple of stories for you throughout the round, but, I made a bogey on this incredibly long par three. I started on 10, uh, made a lot of pars, made hit some great putts that didn't go in, but you know, that's kind of how golf is, and made a bogey, and I'm like, all right, I need to get going. So I birdie 17, birdie 18, turn it one under. And then I I really, and again, I I mean everybody, I mean, you could say this every round you play. I've played enough golf to see it in person, but you know, good players hit the hole a lot on 20, with twenty-footers and fifteen footers. And I was hitting the hole a lot. it, it was they weren't going in. But they were hitting the hole. so it's like you, you're rolling the ball well. I hit one of the better cl- shots I've hit in a tournament in a long time. I hit this three wood on about my twelfth hole from 275, just in the green side bunker, but it almost landed on the green out of the rough. Uh, I had I had a couple moments, so I made. I will say this, dude. I made the laziest mistake I've ever maybe made on the golf course, though, and I'm I'm still a little bummed about it. I I, I got to tell you. So I got my push cart, turning one under. Uh, And then there's a kind of a stretch on the front nine of these two kind of hard par fours in a row, the fourth and the fifth. And the fourth, there's just more trouble on four than any of the other holes on the golf course. So I hit my like my my driving iron in the fairway. I've got like 150 in. I miss the green. I make bogey. So I'm even par. No big deal. The hole, the next hole goes right, and the tee is left. So I push my cart up to the top. I grab three wood and two iron. Walk to the tee. Probably 150 yard walk get to the tee. One of the kids I'm playing with is playing. Well, he just made a birdie. He's got the honor. He hits driver. I probably hit it about 10, 15 past him. He hits driver and the wind's a little into us and where it lands. I was kind of surprised. Like I, I thought it'd be way more up there. And so now I'm thinking to myself, shit, I wish I had my driver, you know, and um, and I'm kind of sitting there going, do I, do I run down the hill? You know, I'm next up. Like, do I, do I run down and get my driver? And I'm like, it's fine. I'll just hit three wood. But, of course, now I've got the doubt on my head. I kind of fan my three wood. I still think it's fine. But it was like there's a lake up the left side. I didn't realize that it kind of turned into a creek up the left side as well. I see it splash. Doesn't cover any any ground. I've got to drop. Basically, it's like hitting it out of bounds. I mean, because there's nowhere to drop it. So, I got to drop it like 40 yards in front, hit it in the fairway, hit on the green, two-putt, make double. And that was kind of it. And, uh, and yeah, it was a it was literally like, as mis- was t- trying to explain this to Cindy. It was a mistake I made that wasn't a golf swing mistake. You know, it was just a being an idiot or, or not bringing my bag all the way to the tee mistake. And that is something I'll never do again. That was a bad move.
1: Yeah. Those are the, those are the painful, painful ones. And the only, those things are are only like the, that's why the qualifier stories are so great. Cause that, that could never actually happen in professional golf, <laughs> um, but it'll happen when you're carrying your own bag or push your own bag and we, I think we've all done something to that extent where like you'll bring a couple clubs out of the cart to the back, you know, back tee and realize that, oh, six isn't enough, but I'm just going to turn it down and hook it. And you're like, well, I couldn't walk 12 seconds, right. 20 seconds worth to go get the right club. Uh, and then, yeah, then you end up kicking yourself more than if you would have just made a bad swing with the driver. It's the most frustrating, frustrating stuff when we do like the mental mistakes.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, dude, is I, I just I was trying I was telling Cindy, I said, man, I wish I would have just. I just would have liked to see me hit driver there. I had four or five holes left at a couple par fives. It's like, you're even, you know, you're kind of where you wanted to be. You're in a good spot. And uh, so that was a bit frustrating. Uh, I, I, one of the guys I played with did something I'd never seen before. I wanted to ask your thoughts on this because I'd never seen somebody do this. I'm assuming this is a teacher, a college coach thing. He would, and he was a great guy. Awesome dude. He would pull two irons out of his bag on par threes, but he knew what club he was going to hit. So he would just lean the club against his bag. And I got the sense that it was so you couldn't look in his bag and see what iron he was actually hitting. Have you ever seen somebody do that before?
1: <laughs> That's pretty clever. I haven't seen that. I mean, granted, we don't, we don't, we have somebody obviously. Well, I carrying, know, but like even so back I in your junior golf days while. or anything like that. Yeah. I'd never we seen, used to, we used to throw the towel over the bag. Okay. I wanted to to, to kind of throw people off the scent, I guess. But I mean, I respect the move. I've never, I've never seen a huge advantage in it. I don't know when you're around golf, as long as we have been, especially, I mean, at least speaking for myself, as long as I have been, I can kind of see, especially if I know ish, what club you're hitting. Like I can tell you if you had a seven or an eight, by the way it flew, or by the way the club looked on the ground uh, uh, when you set up to the ball. So I guess it, it's probably, probably doing a little more than, uh, you know, <laughs> Overthinking the situation. but I respect the idea. I mean, even, even in the lightest, if he did that, and you know, maybe uh, I start thinking about him doing it, maybe that gets in, in my head almost a little bit. I don't know, but that's not a bad, I mean, there's no, you know, no reason not to, if, if you know, you're, you're not only competing at this course, you are competing against other guys, especially in a, you know, competitive, uh, you know, qualifier, such as, such as you have, where you're going to only play for one day so I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. Um, you know, there's no, it's not like it took
0: any extra energy. So
1: it's kind of a, kind of a new, a new move. I hadn't thought of uh,
0: much before. I was, I was into it. I think I was, I was very into it. I think it worked great in like a match play situation. If you were the honor and it's like, take two out, set the one on the ground, you know, club down, grip against your bag. Nobody knows what it is. Anyway. I have a funny, I have a funny
1: story off that. Um, not quite the same, but in a, First two years pro Joe Caddy for me. Then like I said, we had it we split and then my first ever professional golf event where I did not have Joe on the bag was in Panama. And uh, I go down there without a caddy. I get a local, uh, he doesn't speak English. Uh so we, you know, we were just kind of doing the carry the bag type thing, not really obviously not talking much about the the shots and played practice rounds all good. I've played the course a bunch of times before. Um so I get it's the first round. I hit my drive down the fairway. I'm pretty amped, uh, you know, to get the season. It was the first round of the season. I was amped to get the season started. I get to the fairway and I go to look for a, a, a head, a yard, uh, a, a yard head, a sprinkler head, and um, there's no numbers on them. And I'm like, oh, like immediately when I did that, my heart sunk, and I realized all the work the caddying, you know, takes, and and like where I completely slipped up where I just thought that all the numbers would be in the book and in this particular (laughs) golf course, they weren't. And sometimes they are in the book, but they're, you know, the numbers aren't exactly right. So now I am having a full blown panic attack. I have to play 18 holes and I can only guess what number these heads are based off of how far I Think I kind of am or if I count them <laughs> off I don't know how to perfectly explain it but like every you know, I think a lot of people have been there before so you have a like yard you, you have a yardage know. book but you don't know which and it has the numbers on it but you don't know which head book, it is right on the head right yeah so I hadn't marked the head so now I'm fully panicking I turn make the turn I'm playing pretty nice and I got to my 11th hole number two in Panama and I hit the ball down the fairway and the other guy in my group hit the ball down the fairway and I'm a little bit in front of him, fortunately. So I got to go second. And at this point there's so, you know, throughout the day, like it had been extra work, but I could figure out what head was, what I was clearly, you know, playing fine. Like I was figuring, I was added stress, but like, it was fairly clear on some of them. What it, what, what the number was, which sprinkler head was, which, and this particular hole, it just, I can't remember exactly why, but it's like all the heads were, Scattered, and they were too close to each other, and I just had no freaking clue how far I was, like not a not a clue in the world. So like I said, I'm a little bit in front of him, so I got to go after, him. and I just I kind of moved my bag over towards them, and, and or I moved myself <laughs> over towards them and stood by him, and I heard him say i'm going to hit an eight iron and or like a stock eight iron to his caddy, and I'm kind of you know you know not like I'm like you know in their ear, but I'm like close enough to hear like it would be a part three. So I hear him say that. And then, uh, I, I just decided I have no clue what number it is, but I just hit a, like a a three quarter, eight, (laughs) simply (laughs) off of what he hit. And I remember I hit the green and two putt and I ended up getting through the round pretty good. And right after the round, I uh i called uh my buddy mark who was caddying for my my uh, for kevin Tway and i said i said mark meet you need to meet me at the hotel i need to get your yards book i, I clearly <laughs> screwed up it was one of the most stressful like four and a half hour days of my entire life do you remember what you shot no but i made the cut i played pretty good okay um, but that was that was not not fun like like true like true grind like every time you hit your first thought was how am I going to get this number fast enough <laughs> you know I'm praying I'm near ahead that like I could figure out what it is it is just a nightmare so
0: in that case if that guy was hiding <laughs> clubs I would have been dead <laughs> you, you start you start like going around, like hitting it over by the other players so you can get a yeah, pretty much he's in the right it. rough but that's okay Um, I, uh, I had a moment on the qualifier where I'll forever change the way I term uh, a certain thing in golf I was on the eighth hole of my day, the 17th. I was one over. I was, like I said, I was hitting it good, playing well, hit my I hit my irons. I told you I was gonna hit my irons like crap. Hit my irons so freaking I hit them, I hit them great on Monday. I hit them great yesterday. Irons are back, by the way, which I'm very excited about.
1: Irons are back. You should put some covers on those irons just in case.
0: I think I might have to keep them warm. So (laughs) I uh I I play in 17th, probably the longest part four at Shuttle Meadow, which was a great little course in Connecticut. I really liked it long uphill par four. I hit my best drive of the day. I have gap wedge in. I hit it right over the flag, like 30 feet long. Not a big deal. It's kind of in a good spot. The greens are pretty slick. And so I get up there, I mark my ball and there's a worm right next to my ball, like maybe six inches away. And it's just hanging out. You know, this worm's just having a day. And uh, you know how you kind of try to pick a worm up by the back of your putter and then it just doesn't work? So I I tried to scoop the worm. It wasn't going to work. And I'm like, all right, man, I I look at the worm. And in my head, I don't say this out loud. I want the players to think I'm totally a weirdo. But in my head, I'm thinking, all right, worm, like you can chill there. But don't be doing any weird shit while I'm trying to hit this putt. You know, it's kind of my mental agreement I made. And then I looked over at the worm. And I thought, because I'm looking at this putt, 30, 35 feet, it moves a lot. Big old right to left, very fast, thinking, all right, you don't move on the putt. You don't wiggle around. If I make this putt, I will forever refer to long, lengthy, moving putts as worms, not snakes. You know, we always call no long snakes. putts snakes.
1: All right. What if, what if you have, a, like, a 10-footer that, like, double breaks? You should call that a worm. That's the worms. And, and a longer one, a snake. The Rodman.
0: I'll call that a Rodman, and then I'll call the really long ones <laughs> the worms. So, make it. Make it right in the middle and I looked down at the worm. I kind of gave it, you know, we kind of acknowledged each other and I walked off, but (laughs) that was, uh, that was my moment of the day where me and nature had a moment and I thought it was, thought it was kind of a special one. So that's, by the way, this is what happens when you don't, that's what, this is what happens when you don't have a caddy. And these are the things that go through your brain. You go, go go, go to
1: some dark, deep, dark places (laughs) in that mind.
0: Um, I had a, a quick idea before we get to flights. So you've kind of got the week off. You were in Nashville with Lacey. I know you guys had a great time. We had a really funny moment, by the way. You and I messaging where we realized we're very basic. Um, that
1: was crazy.
0: <laughs> do you want to do you want to explain that?
1: Yeah, I literally was at I was at at my hotel and we went up to get a drink and uh, you know I posted a picture and you messaged me and said, "Oh man, if you have time, go to the." Uh, Thompson Hotel at their rooftop bar, and I said, "I am at the Thompson Hotel at the rooftop bar, like at this moment." It was it was very wild. I yeah. felt like I was immediately in the place I was supposed to be at that moment.
0: <laughs> so I, I was thinking that I we could just do a couple of questions, just generic questions, get to know the hosts a little bit better. So let me give you an example. Hey, Max, what's your favorite movie in the world?
1: In the whole world? Yeah.
0: What's your favorite movie?
1: Man, it's an impossible question, but. It's a, like a flavor of the month thing for me. So, uh, but probably my favorite movie in general is uh, remember the
0: Titans. Okay. I, I, Goodwill hunting is my answer. Okay. Goodwill hunting. Oh, that's a great, great movie. movie.
1: You like apples. <laughs> I like them. App- How about them apples? That's hey, what's your favorite?
0: Movie? What's your favorite golf club in your bag? Consistent favorite club, not flavor of the week. What's the one that you feel like throughout your life has always been your favorite club. My three would. Okay. Okay. I've, you I've been got going one? I've been going by the way I've been kind of going home on my 3 wood lately. I've been very proud of my 3 yeah, wood. I've been hitting it kind of like you. Um I, you know when I switch to the wedge that's part of the wedge set, so like I have a Vokey pitching wedge, I love that club. Love the way it looks. It's so much different having the kind of the wedge made pitching wedge versus the one that comes with the set of irons at least personally. So I'm I go Vokey pitching wedge personally. Um, what's, uh, what's your guilty food pleasure, Max? What's one thing you eat that, you know, is incredibly unhealthy for you, but you maybe have it once a week or once every couple of weeks,
1: frozen Reese's unwrapped those mini cups. They come
0: in that bag. Keep them in the, in the freezer. Oh yeah. You get them as cold as cold as five. You tried that before. I don't think so. I've had frozen candy, but I don't think I've had the Reese's one. I'm gonna have to try that. Oh, the game changer. They've even started putting
1: in their commercials like try freezing them.
0: <laughs> hey, have you ever have you thought about maybe just throwing this out there maybe a sponsorship? Just, you know. Man, that would be that'd lean be on bad for for my body but great for my happiness. I think mine's pizza. I mean, pizza's maybe my favorite food. I yeah, uh, you
1: live near New Haven. I know. The
0: the pizza up here is unbelievable. Have you I think we've talked about this. Have you had Greek pizza before ever? Have you ever Greek style pizza?
1: I don't think so. Peter would be pissed at me, but I don't think I have.
0: It's like it's not thin and it's not deep dish. It's like in the middle, but it's not. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I like I'm obsessed with it. I think it's I've never really had it. Never had in Arizona. It's been life changing moving up here. What's a song you think you've listened to the most in your life? Most plays in your life.
1: Oh, my God. That is such a hard question the most okay you go first of all, I think
0: gotcha i i so i li- i grew up in east texas you know obviously I listened to a whole bunch of country shout out 93.7 cat country and um i was introduced to non so like college rock if you will when i was still in high school a buddy of mine came back from college and he introduced me to college rock and i fell in love i'm like well this is cool this is different and this isn't country and he was introduced to me to oar and dispatch and I was obsessed with Dispatch. I bet I've listened to The General by Dispatch, especially in those part, those years of my life, more than any song that I've ever heard in my life.
1: Man, I, I know I'd have an answer to this, but I feel like it has to be like like the Office theme song. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, I mean, that's probably the answer. <laughs> that or like the Friends <laughs> theme song. That's <laughs> a great call. <laughs> that is a great call. Hey, uh, Max, have you ever walked out of a movie?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I would not. I, I wouldn't waste waste fourteen dollars.
0: <laughs> I've only walked out of one. I walked out of McHale's Navy with my parents back in the day. Um, what Never sh- heard of that. What it's uh, you should walk out too. What show are you watching <laughs> currently right now? Uh, I don't have one. I, I've been super jealous because Joe. Just
1: watch Peaky Blinders, which is, I think, my favorite show on Netflix of all time. Really? Uh, so I'm jealous. I haven't had a show for a bit. I have been proudly reading a little bit more. So uh, probably a good change of pace. But uh, last night was the first night we watched TV that wasn't like sports in a long time. And, you know, we had to run it uh, with, with Lacey. I had to run through all of like the Housewives stuff that, that we've missed. So uh, I, I'm not really not really into tv like shows at the moment i I would like a new one uh but that, that's uh kind of unfortunately i've just been stuck in a uh in a in a rut of trying to find something to watch
0: also been reading which is good um we are we're we're plowing through that f1 show on uh on netflix oh, and we're yeah, obsessed.
1: That. that shows great
0: it's so cool cindy loves it i'm into it we hadn't seen it we just knocked out the first season we just started second season uh, last night and so uh, we'll keep it going but it I is... gotta, maybe that's what i'll do i'll watch that second season because i love the first season oh my gosh it's so freaking cool i they're like rock stars you know again being in america oh yeah, you don't totally understand world. how freaking popular they are all right last one what's your what's a max home specific house chore something you do that Lacey never does
1: i love doing the dishes personally i think i always did it with my mom and my sister growing up my mom would wash i would uh, dry my sister would put away so I find doing the dishes like incredibly therapeutic so you know obviously you know I don't I don't do it always but I enjoy doing it uh so that's like that's kind of my jam
0: I'm uh I'm trash in laundry so I I do all the trash all the laundry don't get those mixed I up cannot in- stand laundry I have to do
1: it way more than I'd I'd ever like to it's not like you know like I I do it but if that was one thing Lacey would like to do instead of me, I think that would be like my greatest pleasure.
0: <laughs> what's what's laundry like on the road when you're like two three weeks in a awesome. row? Are you sending it off? Or are you doing laundry yourself? Like, what's the laundry situation?
1: It's like the hardest thing about the like tour life, like golf life, is if you don't rent a house, you know, you don't have laundry. Some tournaments are kind enough to do dry cleaning week to week, okay, uh, but not all of them do that. So finding where you're gonna Dude, like at Valspar on Saturday morning, I had to do laundry to get ready to go to Wells Fargo, and Joe was staying in a in an Airbnb. So I went over to his house before our tea time and did my laundry. Uh, so it's like it's always a bit of a grind. Um, it's You know, I either ask people if they are at a house, if I can come over for an hour or two, or uh, you find that – I've been to a lot of laundromats across the country – um sometimes you find those fluff and folds but they're not they're not as popular as i i would have hoped uh so that is the biggest grind i feel like for when you're on the road for more than a week
0: so if you i mean if you send because i've sent laundry like to the hotel dry cleaner before i mean shorts are like seven bucks i mean yeah if you yeah it's if you send your laundry there to do it at the hotel it's like three hundred dollars right i mean it's crazy
1: Yeah, I've never busted out my entire uh, bag in there. But I've definitely had to throw a shirt and like a pair of shorts down there. uh, You know, for the next day, just to have one pair of clothes. And like, sometimes I'll do that and like buy myself some time. So like, if I throw one outfit down there and say, Okay, tomorrow's the day I find the (laughs) laundromat and get the rest done. I'm like incentivizing my incentivizing myself uh, by like, you know, for almost putting my back against the wall financially. Like I'm not I'm not going to spend $300 on my laundry this week, so you better figure it out.
0: (laughs) Uh, Last thing before we get to flights. Uh, Rory talked about the driver not being able to – or not drawing the driver anymore. He hits the fade, uh, and he talked about the technology of it. Is this this something that more people are doing? Is this something you're seeing more often now, the ball not really going right to left with the driver for the pros?
1: Yeah, Rory's probably the only – Trying to think off the top of my head. We're probably the only top, top player in the last decade that draws the ball. I think maybe that's why we lean into him winning the Masters so much because like gotcha. he's one of the rare guys that does that. Uh, Bryson draws it, uh, you know, I think pretty much primarily. Um, but, yeah, like it just, you know, I think back in the day, a cut was uh, synonymous with shorter and now with the technology with the lack of spin the cut doesn't go much shorter obviously a draw's always going to go further on the ground but the cut's not getting like spun up into the air nearly as much as it used to so i just don't think that you, you you know you actually kind of want spin these days you don't you don't you try not to take too much off of it obviously there's guys like JT who 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 have really hit Uh, some really cool draws off the tee with driver, but I, you know, JT primarily cuts it and it's just easier. Um, Now that we know that you're supposed to hit up on it, uh, you know, drawing it and hitting up on it is awesome for optimizing distance. However, you're getting pretty damn close to some issues from that position. So if you can learn how to hit up on it with a cut, it's a lot safer um, with how like all the, you know, all the, all the not only technology in the club, but how the advances, everyone's made and and understanding kind of the the way a club comes into impact um so yeah i mean even like i was i get like uh this excitement where uh like at tampa i was drawing my driver really well and and that's why i played uh well on some of these holes that i hadn't in the past because they kind of require a draw but it's like the more i was drawing it then i get the next week and my patterns off because it just gotcha it's, it's a lot harder to draw the long long clubs um So it's just it's kind of funny that, you know, Rory went to that now uh, because, uh, you know, that's kind of it's just like a a, a kind of year 2021 safety blanket is you could still cut it and bomb it um, in in a game where in in a day and age where bombing it is pretty much what everyone needs to do when they can. But I can't think of many people who draw it primarily uh, off the tee. I mean, Scott Stallings does as a long guy, but uh, in a lot of the shorter guys will um because again it's a little easier at a slightly less speed but bryson and rory got to be the only guys i can think of that are that that, that would draw it a lot Um uh, obviously rory's talking about trying to do that less so uh, it's interesting but i mean look at brooks dustin i mean these guys rom they freaking send it and they they hit little cuts so uh i don't know the thing about rom i'll say rom is rom it's almost always a cut like almost with with most clubs it looks like it's falling just a little right but every time i've ever seen him hit a draw especially off the tee it is so beautiful like it's so tight like most people's most people's most people don't go from a cut to like a pretty draw it usually kind of looks a little, a hooky. little different you know you could tell yeah you could see him flip it his is like jesus man you really can do anything it's amazing
0: he's gonna be he's gonna be very interested to watch the pga i i don't do like one and done pick thingies but i uh i I basically decided I'm just gonna pick guys that haven't won majors to win all the rest of the majors at yeah. this point because it's just gonna be so hard to win multiple. Idea. I wanted to take a quick break to let you know about our friends at Rep Soto. They do an unbelievable job with their mobile launch monitor. It's the only golf launch monitor that provides instant feedback with video replay, an active shot tracker, and data overlay. So let me just explain that to you. You're at the driving range, you're hitting balls into your net in your backyard. You're on the golf course. There's a device that you can simply set up, download the app on your phone. You put it behind yourself when you're hitting balls. It gives you video replay, and it gives you awesome information that helps you get better. You know how long your irons are going. You know how long you can hit driver when you go kind of normal swing. And then when you really go after it, when you want to get the fairway finder just to get the ball in play. And you're probably thinking this costs a ton of money, right? I mean, there's no way this could be affordable. Well, it is. It costs just $500. And they're currently offering a limited time discount, so now it's less than five hundred dollars. That's how math works. If you visit Rapsodo.com, R A P S O D O.com/slash/grip, and use the code grip, you're going to save fifty bucks right off the top. And the accuracy is within two percent, two percent of a twenty thousand dollar unit. So do all the math in your head there. All I'm telling you is, it's a great deal for an unbelievable. Piece of golf technology that will help you improve. It'll give you more information. Great video. Easy thing to share on social media. And let me just throw out some stats of the week. Considering what we just saw from one of the best in the world take down Quail Hollow at the at the Wells Fargo Championship. Rory McElroy's driving accuracy the week was 33%. His average driving distance the week was three hundred and twenty-four yards. This is information Rory knows, sure. But Now you'd know information as well. If you pick up a Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, please do it. You'll love it. I promise you enjoy it, set it up, learn more about your golf game and have a little bit of fun doing it. Okay. Back to the pod. Uh, All right, flights. I have a dumb idea. Uh, I was listening to Shotgun Start Our Rivals uh, last week. Brintley Romine was on there. and He told the story about Tiger hitting a guy in the head at the Walker Cup in 95 and it bouncing off his head out of bounds, which made me think, this is my dumb idea, at the Ryder Cup or the Solheim Cup, President's Cup, whatever. Why don't a group of fr- fans get together, get some super firm helmets, and they can try to headbutt era tee shots into bad spots. They could get a name. Like you could have a name get like shirts made, like the helmet herd or something, and you get shirts made, you got these helmets on, you'd probably get on T V. But you're just running around you're running around trying to headbutt T shots. Thoughts?
1: Uh I don't hate it except for the fact that then you're gonna get the same dumb guy uh with the helmet trying to bounce the other like the the let's say the opposing team's ball the opposite
0: direction. Okay.
1: And now we get into a now we get into a bit of a pickle. <laughs>
0: well it's just listen it's a dumb i mean it's not a good idea it's obviously a terrible (laughs) idea but i was just thinking you know it's It's an idea helmet a helmet about a play um i'm starting a new a new uh, flight here called dumb pip idea of the week for you and um uh i have an idea that you offer a certain amount of money i mean people will take small and small and small in theory amounts of money to do ridiculous stuff so i'm thinking you offer five grand for somebody to get a tattoo of you Okay. They get a tattoo of Max, maybe like when you won Wells Fargo, like the reaction there, or something. And then you leak those pictures to some golf rider, golf media friends of yours. Boom, there's a story. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't,
1: I don't know if that carries quite enough weight. Okay. Um, I also do not condone anyone getting a tattoo of me. That's on Shane if you decide to do it. So please don't <laughs> come back at me. Um, what I, what I, I guess. I guess my only chance of this thing uh, at this point is I need like – I need like a school of – children. no, I probably need like a couple statewide schools of children to like write to the PGA Tour and say, hey, I just want to let you know Max Home is the reason – I follow the PGA Tour.
0: Okay, I like that. Or <laughs> um, I mean, not any of the other ten guys you would think of. Gotcha. I, like Max is the only reason I watch. So everybody listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you could please write a letter to the PGA Tour. They got a new headquarters. I'm sure you can look the address up and just say, "Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know this Max Homa guy. He's golf to me. That's it. He is. He is the PGA Tour. That sign it. Social Security on there. Maybe throw a couple bucks in there. Make sure they're very happy." It's visible, they see it, but that's a good way to support Max, right? That, that's fair? Yeah, again, I don't condone it, but that's, I think that's my only chance. <laughs> okay, I like, I like that. I mean, you know, Bieber gets a tattoo of you, maybe. That could be content, something like that. Uh, I'm trying to uh, trying to think of, like, the heavy hitters that do it. Do you, have, uh, do you have any flights? Yeah, speaking of Pip, I got this kid,
1: Armin, on Twitter, who four or five days ago, tweeted me and said, day one of me asking Max, home uh, uh to play golf with me and i responded and i got like some funny interactions so he's done this now for five days in a row um <laughs> it's been it's been hilarious that's the best thing i heard or read this week it's been very funny at some point i'm gonna cave uh and play with him okay uh, simply because i'm gonna run out of excuses but um it's it's brightened up most of my mornings when i wake up and he, he tweets at me and i try to think of a A way out of it kind of like you know you uh you meet a a new you know acquaintance that isn't exactly your friend they want to they want to go do things sometimes it's golf and you just don't want to play golf with that particular person you don't want to spend five hours with somebody who's a relative stranger uh so you try to like oh you know my wife won't let me that day um you know oh man you know i got a dentist appointment so i'm trying trying to uh, book club trying to come up with things but it's been really funny that the uh the interactions have been great. Uh, as everybody knows, i like, I like little stuff like that. I had a guy come up to me on, uh, at TPC, uh, yesterday and I got my card. And the first thing he said was, uh, he said,
0: Hey, are you going to play golf with that Armin
1: kid? <laughs> 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 I don't know. It just made me laugh.
0: <laughs> um, I have a feel good Friday. Um, I got a chance to play a golf course that you and I both love as much as just about any place in the world, national golf links on Tuesday. Uh, shout out to to Will Smith, not that Will Smith, uh, but equally as cool. But I wanted to give a shout out to Tex, our caddy that day. Veteran caddy was double looping, but I've I've never had a caddy in my years of playing golf that was better at reading greens. Just fantastic. I stopped even kind of looking at the putts. I just kind of asked him where to go. He, uh, he gave, so he was double bagging. So he had me and Will, who was my partner, we were playing a match. And on 15, Tex gives this read. Will makes like a 25, 30-footer for birdie that broke a whole bunch more than it looked like. And uh, I announced that he was on caddy 59 watch at that point because he was so locked in for the day. But, uh, I mean, a a good caddy makes the experience just so much better. You know, it's just so much more enhanced when you have somebody that's like really into it, knows the group, knows when to say it and all that stuff. And, And Tex was awesome. So... That's my feel good Friday.
1: That's exactly what I'm looking forward to with Bones, finally having somebody I can walk around the course with. <laughs> uh <laughs> who knows what to say.
0: But are we are you are you and Joe like is this a big fight? Are you going to like start really like trash talking, Joe like you go out and shoot. If you go out and shoot like four under in the opening round, like you should really drop a lot of man, just having Bones on the having this veteran on the bag unbelievable moment for me personally all that stuff like really really kind of kind of get a rivalry going
1: oh yeah uh we have actually had a few funny things I'll tell on here uh one i have told him that when we win and then when he wins i'm going to uh pick him up him and Johnny up his partner uh and take them to vegas we'll all go but joe's not allowed to ever touch or drink out of the Wanamaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh we also that's really good our, i like uh, that yeah, where uh, you know a lot of people have been giving him kind of grief. Not a lot. A couple people gave him grief, I guess, on on kind of doing the four ball and not and not caddying, which kind of has been frustrating me because I told him he could. Like I don't. Like it's all good. Like I don't. None of it. It doesn't bother me. So I don't like when people kind of kind of needle uh, him. Give their opinion on my life to Joe. Like it's you know it's Joe's life. I wanted him to play the four. Ball. Right. Like that's freaking awesome. You don't qualify for that like with ease it, it's a big accomplishment so it's been kind of annoying but um uh one of the guys i guess gave him a pretty hard time and we were around and uh i was around and and he was like you know well i hope you know to joe in front of me he's like well i hope you have a job uh uh you know when you come back and joe's like yeah me too <laughs> so it made me laugh i was crying laughing i was like yeah me too. fair but no it's, it's like no i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna say a lot of dumb shit and like funny stuff to kind of like rile him up and like poke at it. But it's, it's all in, in good fun. I, I, I love having Joe on my, on my bag. It, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him even for bones. So, um you know, it, even if we won, I don't, you know, bones isn't trying to caddy every, every week, every uh, for, for the rest of a year. And, and I, 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 I love working with Joe, but it would be really, really cool uh, if we won. And I got to have this over his head because at the moment, Joe has 2 wins on the PJ Tour uh, and I I have uh, or I'm sorry he has 3 wins on the PJ Tour and I have 2. Uh-huh. He got one with Kevin. Uh so if I had the uh 3 wins and he had three wins but one of mine
0: was the was uh, the PJ Championship, I I definitely have uh huge bragging rights. <laughs> how is how is your golf game? I mean obviously I know you didn't play the way you wanted at the Wells Fargo, but you you didn't see what what I loved is even kind of the final round you know, when you didn't play the the exactly the way you wanted in his like you didn't seem kind of down or disappointed. I loved your attitude about it, and even Wells Fargo week, you didn't really seem like you were kind of beating yourself up. I felt like you were kind of beating yourself up a little bit last year in terms of the way you played, and, and your attitude has just been so much better when you haven't had great rounds. What was kind of that experience week like, and how you feeling right now?
1: Yeah, I feel good. It was like one of those. It's just you know, hashtag golf. Like it just yeah, you just got have a day. I didn't play very well on, you no, know, I practiced around on Tuesday uh, for nine holes. I didn't hit it well, which was kind of a, a little bit, I guess, uh, a jolt of like kind of, you know, I guess like some kind of worry. But then on Wednesday, I went out and practiced all morning and like, like I didn't change anything, but, uh, you know, was hitting it really well. And uh, sorry. Hey. Hi, Scotty. Scotty and i was hitting it really well and you know again like just like back to normal and then i went out for my pro-am nine holes and i just like didn't miss a shot i I basically like flagged every shot and i was putting great so yeah i wasn't like over overthinking anything and then you know just came out on uh thursday and i don't know if it was i don't know stuff just happened you know like it just uh it got going it got going sideways i made double on my first and really only, you know, bad drive and, and, and a kind of a poor uh, wedge, but I had more, it was more like the lie at wedge I had from the first cut. It was like up against uh, the, the tall rough. So I, I kinda really thought I only made one bad swing and then didn't get it on the green from this weird low area with my putter. And you just get off to this really bad start. And it's like almost, it's kind of like, you know, that, that's what you, you uh, commend some players on when you get off to a really bad start, especially on a really hard golf course. It's just everything just feels immediately like you, you kind of get tight, yeah. and it's kind of what happened. And I just kept I kept three-putting and uh, <laughs> could not get the speed of the greens uh, at all. Um, hold on, Shane. Let me, let me just put you on hold. This dude has knocked on my door seven times. It's got to be something important to
0: I, I hope that I hope that was the guy that's been asking you to play golf. <laughs> yeah, that would have actually been hilarious. That was Armin. Do you um, think Do you think if it was Armin? You would be hilarious, or do you think if it was Armin? You'd be frightened.
1: No, that'd be very frightening. That would be. I would actually need Scotty to somehow attack
0: on. <laughs> you'd be like Scotty attacks. Scotty's just looking at you, like, nah, bro, I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'll start over. So yeah, so um,
1: yeah, so just like I couldn't get the speed, of the greens course was already playing like really, really hard. So it wasn't like you were just going to like, you know, start rattling off birdies by any means. Uh, I just like, couldn't find it. I played a little more, you know, I played kind of solid ish on the, on my back nine, but that front nine shooting six over right out the gates was just like, it was just a nightmare. Uh, But the game didn't feel terrible. I definitely drove it bad, which, which made it you know really hard. And, but then I came out the next day on uh, Friday, it was blowing like a million. I I was kind of glad I didn't play in a way super solid for those two days because we got a really my wave had a really bad draw with the wind. It was windy uh Thursday morning and then calm in the afternoon on Thursday afternoon and then Friday it was like super windy in the afternoon. So like it was one of those weeks that felt like you were going to have to play some really really good golf out of that wave to go. So it was almost good that I I kind of never even <laughs> that never even affected me. <laughs> um but yeah, I came out the next day and I was like okay, you know, if I shoot 3 4 or 4 5 under I might have a chance this thing and I I really did. I played well enough the first, uh, you know, nine hole or eight holes to do. So I thought to get, you know, a few under early, but it just was everything that, you know, everything that could go wrong kind of went wrong. I, I struck the ball really well out the gates and I was, I was, you know, I missed a shorty on four for birdie, uh, five. I had a good wedge and just like, didn't get close six. I had a great four iron just like, wasn't getting close enough. Wasn't make the long putts. And then seven was like the, Epitome of the of the day and week, I guess it's like I hit it was straight down wind as part five I was playing like the like short you know shortest part four, and I hit an absolute bomb on the middle with the wind like three fifty something like that down there in the middle of the fairway straight down wind bullpen uh with a and I had a pitching wedge in this par five, and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna make a four, probably make a three honestly uh and it's gonna be all good and it, uh on on the fourth hole, I hit a pitching wedge. And with the same wind that flew 156. And that hole, the pin was 156, I think. So we're trying to land it about the same. And the one I had hit before, I didn't really hit very hard. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put this thing in the air and really, uh, you know, kind of smash it a little more to make sure it flies pin high. But I had a hole eight yards short of the pin to, to carry the water. And I hit this pitching wedge and I flushed it and it's high and the wind. I guess just died a tick because I'm staring it down. It looks like it's going to hop up there and be, you know, really close and it lands barely over the water and hops back in the water. And I made par and it was
0: just like, man, (laughs) that's kind of one of those moments where it's like, like, that's it. Yeah.
1: That's the week, Uh, you know, and I obviously didn't play well. It's not like I'm saying I played well the the whole time, but that just like kind of took it out of my sail. So uh, after that, it just felt like a bit more of a death march. Uh, But yeah, it was definitely upbeat. I, I don't, you're gonna have weeks that just suck uh so that felt like one of those weeks but got back home got back to work and game feels the same as it's as cool. it's felt so that's good it's just um I guess it's just different uh some weeks you uh some weeks you leave and you're you're kind of like nervous about your game and that right. was not that was not really one of those weeks it just it was unfortunate not not playing well on a course I you know I was defending and love but I also learned a lot about defending. You got to, you got to say no a lot more to the things you do. Um, but I was kind of stuck in the whirlwind first time doing it. It just was way too many obligations and way too much, not practicing golf and trying to squeeze it all in. And although we spent probably an equal amount of time at the courses we typically do practicing and playing, I just felt like, you know, there's a lot, a lot kind of taken out of you that, that you, you probably didn't, didn't, you know, you're just not used to. So It's another, it's another, you know, kind of pat on the back to the top guys who do press conferences every week and have all these media obligations that that I'm just obviously not used to. Well,
0: we're excited for PGA week. Uh, I mean, you're, you're kind of chilling and then you get up, get over there on Monday, I'm assuming. I'm going to go on Sunday. because We got to do
1: testing. Uh, I'm getting my second vaccine uh, tomorrow, but uh, I still have to test uh, one, I think one more time before it's fully like settled in. Uh, So yeah, we're going Sunday so I can test early Monday and then I can, you know, I I guess me and Bones could use a little extra time, not only on the course, but like together because, you know, he doesn't know my style. I don't really know his. So that'll be good. Um, And and, yeah, so that'll that'll be good. I'm really excited. Majors are just wild. They're just so, so much fun. And I haven't really played well in one yet, but I obviously think this is probably my best uh, chance of late uh, minus, you know, I guess the masters was a pretty good opportunity, but it's like my second kind of go at a major while I've been playing the golf I've been playing. So I'd like, you know, I kind of like that. I have a, a worst thing I saw heard by the way, Shane, you're going to see it on social. I think a lot, unfortunately coming up. Okay. But um, I guess the uh, NCAAs are going on the regionals and the women's in particular. And today in Baton Rouge, I saw uh, this a video going around of, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. This guy comes down from the NCAA and says the course is playable, but not championship caliber. So we're going to cancel it. And they just gave all the top spot, top teams, uh, the spots, the regionals and the top individual players, the spots. And it's just uh, it's a shame. Um, I, uh, I don't I wish I was allowed in these situations to say how I really feel fully <laughs> about all these things, but I'll just leave it at, uh, you know, that it, it, there, there's, I don't. I don't understand how some people just seem to have all the, uh, all the say and, and, and things that really affect people's livelihood. I don't. I don't think anybody would have. I don't think that the backlash of the teams bitching and moaning about the course maybe not being perfect would be nearly the backlash that they would get uh, for this. So, <laughs> not really sure the the thought process that went into that. But I feel bad for those those women, especially the ones that are seniors and, and won't get to have another crack at it.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, sometimes you've got to in certain moments that again, I mean, you know, bad weather, you know, COVID, all the stuff that that we've kind of been, you know, that you deal with, or that we've been dealing with, it can be really, really shitty for people. But like, there's, these are moments, you know, I mean, these are chances, opportunities, Uh, collegiate athletes, you know, an enormous percentage, most, if you will, don't go on to play uh, a professional sport. And we've all seen those commercials. And so, you know, you're a senior and this is kind of your last chance to qualify for something you've never gotten to or get another opportunity or another crack at it. And to not even have that opportunity is something that, again, you gotta, you just gotta figure out a way. I mean, if it's rescheduling it or finding another golf course or doing something, people that want the opportunity to at least play versus just not even given that spot. So uh, yeah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna play well. I'll say that that's not going to be something that's going to be well, uh, well received. It's like that. Did you see the, the two little boys football thing that, uh, was rightfully ripped apart on on social media as it should be i know my buddy joel glad did it did its service in terms of of ripping the video and coaching and all that apart but just remember you know there's cameras and and don't do don't be a horrible person in in, in certain instances not to say that the college golf thing was a horrible person it just maybe not the right decision so uh i hope you guys have a great week i'm excited for pga week dude I'm excited for kiwa i'm excited to see Uh, how you do, uh, do, I mean, you want it to play hard and windy and nasty, right? I mean, you'd prefer that over super calm?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you want, when you play any uh, uh, tour events, you obviously just want to go, you just play what with what you get with the weather and the right. course, you know, I don't think there's a lot of thought that goes into like hoping it plays one way. I mean, there's maybe a little, but okay. I feel like for the majors, you want it to be freaking hard, or okay. at least how they wanted it to be set up. So when you hear, when you think of Kiowa, you think of the wind, you think of how you know how demanding it is. So I want, I want it to be the way that the it way that I've, I've heard it would be, because that's kind of how I'm prepping. Uh, you know what Bones has kind of told me to get ready for like that's the stuff I'm like working on so I want it to I want it to be like that just so um you know just so you get the 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 best winner and you feel like if you go out there and you have had have had your prep and and you execute the way you should then you know you feel like you you know you become a, a major champion for you know uh I guess under the the in the right way nearly you know you don't you don't want to get a ton of rain, rain delays. You don't want bad waves. You just want everybody to go out there and have to battle uh, for these majors, and and that's what Kiwa seems to. You know that that's what a lot of people say about Kiwa. So uh, I'd be excited if it was, you know, nice and windy and and you hear about all these hard holes coming in where you got to hold on to to close it out. So I'm excited for that. But I'm I'm also, you know, ready just to go see what the course is like. I I can't even really remember watching it on TV. So it'll be kind of a new experience uh, with the golf course. Uh, I'm very lucky to have, you know, my Sherpa for the week will be... (laughs) you know, as experienced out there as as anybody else. So that'll be cool.
0: I'm excited about it. Have a great week. Uh, Have a great week next week if we don't chat. I know major weeks are a little tougher with the podcast. If we can squeeze one in, we will. But if not, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you after.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks, Shane. Wash your hands, everybody. Have a great week.
0: Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.